estate planning made easy. This is The Strong Room on 770 CHQR, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. We hope you've had a great summer and you've thought about the need for a plan for your life going forward. That's a particularly important question for those of you with an estate of one million or more. The plan is about protecting assets, maximizing wealth, and minimizing tax. An estate plan is not a will. It's a play that takes into account what you want to do with your life and how you can make that possible through good financial planning. Learn more by attending a Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar. The next ones are in Red Deer on Wednesday evening, September 26th, and in Calgary on Thursday evening, September 27th. Register online at macmillanestate.com. You can learn more about some of the topics that will be covered in the seminar and how those topics relate to you. It might be the best 90-minute investment you could make in your future. Back with you on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. Martine Tollefson is often the go-to person at Macmillan Estate Planning when it comes to how best to handle the BC Cottage, or any recreational property for that matter. Martine, let's talk about the BC Cottage, which regular listeners to the Strong Room know is a familiar topic. Um, The treatment of that property and the treatment of beneficiaries of that property is very different in BC by comparison with Alberta. We've discussed uh, various times that there's taxes involved with the transfer of ownership uh, for capital gains and that kind of thing with an estate. But in the province of BC... Um, they do have a transfer tax that's in, uh, charged by the land title people, and it's pretty hefty. It's sometimes up to 5%, which is a lot when you're transferring ownership to someone. So it's a very common thing for parents to decide that maybe it's easier if I just gift the cottage to my children and add them on title but then they're not thinking about the transfer tax that w- would be incurred for that transaction, and uh, let alone the, the capital gains tax and that kind of thing that would be due. But that's a, that's a different thing. And also, when it comes to owning a recreational property in BC, they also have different laws around enduring power, powers of attorney as well. You actually have to have a document to cover that specific asset, in BC. So we have a lot of people in Alberta that own property in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Some of it is recreational property. It might be a cabin. It might be some land. Um, and hopefully they have taken into account the differences because they're in for a rude surprise if they have not planned for the kind of taxes that are involved in succession. That's right. And, you know, that's something that could be dealt with uh, when the the owner, the parents, when they pass, but sometimes the family wants to take the ownership of the cottage because parents aren't using it as much. Um, The kids want to, they have a sentimental attachment to it and so they're using it more and they, you know, they're urging the parent to to put them on title and let them take take ownership of this. So it's, it's a common thing that I hear in my office about what do we do? Like, what should we do? Should we, should we put the kids on title? Should we just deal with it in our will? Uh, 
is there another way that we can handle this? And, you know, that's just the kids. But what if their spouses are an issue also? Or what if one is getting divorced? What happens then? How is that going to be managed? Because the parents, a lot of times, they don't want their in-law, their daughter-in-law or their son-in-law to take ownership of that property because it's got this family connection, this sentimental thing attached to it. It's an emotional thing also. So it's why the planning has to consider tax as all life or estate plans do. And I think the other factor at work in British Columbia, at least, and perhaps in other jurisdictions as well, is that all offspring have to be treated equally. So you mm-hmm. can't gift the cottage to just one person in the family if you have two or three direct sons or daughters. Uh, they're all entitled to it according to BC law. Right. And so then it's very important to consider all the aspects of the estate when you're making decisions because um, what if one kid feels left out? We I had a, a case last year where... Um, the the mother had her well she mostly spent most of the time on i think it was salt spring island is where it was and she's she doesn't want to be anywhere else but it was also a very strong feeling for her that one of the children did not pay any attention to her at all whereas the other two were always coming to the cabin in the summer and you know, helping mom with all the maintenance on the property and and fixing the roof and things like this. And the other child, no involvement whatsoever. So mom was very adamant about getting the other two on title so that she didn't have to worry that it would be split equally or fairly, however you want to put it. And yet by law, it's supposed to be divided among the three of them. Mm -hmm. But because she's still alive... She can do it now and kind of bypass the the estate process after her after she's gone, right? So, but there's still the tax. Still the tax. So if you to want be- to put the kids on, you're changing title, you're changing use, um, you're also uh, triggering the tax thing with the capital gains. So that's an important thing for parents to to consider. You were telling me about uh, a, a, an owner of a BC property. Um, uh, who um, wanted to add children on title? Was this the example? Mm-hmm. It's oh, one of them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. so so there are there are a bunch like that. Oh yeah. And again, with people from Alberta uh, having recreational property in BC or anywhere else for that matter, there are two things you need to know. What are the rules in the jurisdiction where the property is located? And two, what um, uh, are the rules in that jurisdiction for how property transfers are treated? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's a process to kind of work through uh, the options that a person has. Um, Do they gift it through their will and just let it be until they're gone that, that the kids then get ownership um, and sort it out. And hopefully there's enough funds to maintain that cottage because that can be an issue as well where, you know, somebody inherits it and they don't have enough money to even maintain it. And then it's going to, you know, fall apart because they don't have what they need to maintain this property. Um, 
that's a, another thing that, that people forget about. Does it make a difference if the property is owned in a trust? Yes, it does. And the reason why is that, first of all, and I think this is a big one, it's protected from outsiders. And I, call, I say outsiders because they're not in the bloodline. So trusts are a big thing to protect from matrimonial law with divorces, with your children. We don't, maybe you like their spouse right now, but after you're gone, who knows? Like maybe, maybe they get a divorce or maybe their spouse passes away prematurely and they end up with someone you never knew. You didn't know that they would be with in the future. You don't know what that person's going to be like. So it's kind of an insurance against that event. Maybe that event never does happen, but at least if it does, you have the protection in place. And it has some implications from a tax planning standpoint as well. It does. When you when you move things into a trust, um, there's various trusts you can use. Uh, some people do have the option in Canada over 65 to move properties in uh, on a tax-free rollover basis. So that's a good thing. But if you have the transfer tax, which is totally separate from other kinds of tax like capital gains, um, People want a need to consider that that transaction. Um, what about um, gifting during lifetime? Um, you've alluded to it a little bit in, in what you've said. Um, is there a a right way and a wrong way to do it? I think the biggest thing is that the client understands the implications of a, whatever decision they make that they know what the risks are, what the pros are, um, and then make an informed decision rather than just being, uh, you know, they heard their friend added their kid on title. And I call them kids, even though most of the time they're not, but that's what the parents call them. The kids, they add them on title and um, didn't really realize that there would be these other things that they would need to worry about. Martine Tollefson from Macmillan Estate Planning. She'll be along again next week to talk about what happens when you declare your recreational property as your official residence. These are not decisions to be taken lightly. You may need good advice on how best to handle that decision, what the implications are, and how to do it in a way that protects both the property and your own personal and family wishes. And there are bound to be tax implications regardless of what decision you make. So you should think about attending an upcoming Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar. Or you can call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. Get the help you need to make a good decision. That's our program for this week. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.